0: or launch your dream business. All of these courses are totally free. All you gotta do is head on over to u-turnpodcast.com. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com. Now let's get started with this week's guest.
1: We think that I don't have time to meditate. We think it's like this pedicure for your brain. Like, mm. oh, that's something I'll get around to when I have more time or my life isn't busy. But we're thinking about it wrong, right? Mm. Stress makes you stupid, sick, and slow. And meditation is the single most powerful stress-relieving tool that we have. So it stands to reason that the less stress you have in your body, the better able you are to perform mentally and physically.
0: It's Ashley here, and I am with Emily Fletcher, an all-around amazing human being and also the founder of Ziva Meditation. I've just been going through her course on meditation, both online and in person, and it has been incredibly impactful for me on my focus and my energy, and so I'm so excited to bring her to you here now, and her new book is coming out. It's called Stress Less, Accomplish More. And I'm so excited to ask her some questions about that because meditation can totally change your life if you are ready to upgrade your energy. Emily. Hi. Hi, friend. Thanks for being here.
1: I got to tell everyone that we're actually in person and you're dressed like a kitty right now. I know. And it's Halloween. It's
0: Halloween. Well, I know. I did my makeup like a little toddler playing Oops. with makeup all on my face. So obviously, I want to talk to you about how meditation can improve your performance. And I think a lot of people right now, and I was one of them, didn't fully believe, like I was interested in it, but I didn't fully believe that it would really make a difference for me. So I'm curious, why why would somebody start meditating? What is the science behind it, really?
1: Mm. Well, I'm curious to know why you thought it wouldn't work for you.
0: I don't know. It just kind of felt like, okay, sitting there in silence is really going to help my brain waves that much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Or... I just thought people who meditate are just like...
1: Have nothing better to do?
0: Yeah, or they're just straight chilling. You know, like it's chill time and I'm like, oh, I'll go to a coffee shop and watch people walk around and call it meditation.
1: Yeah, or I'll go walk in the woods and call that meditation. Exactly. Yeah, I just
0: like didn't totally get it until you really showed me in the course, like how it's done. Mm -hmm. So... And I love curious. that you said
1: you were like, "Yeah, I woke up and I meditated, and I felt like I was on crack all day." And you got I so much done, yeah.
0: Yeah, I've never gotten so much done in the past few weeks as I did after I did my first meditation with you. Yeah, I and love that. so I want this for everybody, but I think it's hard to understand and believe in. Mm-hmm. So, what is the science? What is happening to our brain, and what is available for somebody who starts meditating?
1: Okay, so the reason why meditation actually is the secret productivity tool is that stress makes you stupid. Okay. Like really, truly, stress makes you stupid. We think that I don't have time to meditate. We think it's like this pedicure for your brain. Like, mm. oh, that's something I'll get around to when I have more time or my life isn't busy. But we're thinking about it wrong, right? Mm. Stress makes you stupid, sick, and slow. And meditation is the single most powerful stress-relieving tool that we have. So it stands to reason that the less stress you have in your body, the better able you are to perform mentally and physically. Mm. And so what's happening in the silent meditation that I teach is that we're giving the body rest that's five times deeper than sleep. And when you do that, the body knows how to heal itself. And one of the things that it heals itself from is stress. Mm. And the cool thing is that it's different, what I teach is different from mindfulness. So where this gets a little tricky is that most of the meditation apps out there and most of the YouTube videos and the drop-in studios are teaching what I would call mindfulness, Mm. which is beautiful. It's the art of bringing your awareness into the present moment. And mindfulness is very good at dealing with your stress in the now. But the meditation that I teach at Ziva is actually getting rid of your stress from the past. Mm. And we do that by inducing very deep healing rest, so it's healing things on a, on a cellular level, on a pre-verbal level. And so once we start to eradicate that lifetime of accumulated stress, you have a lot more mental and physical energy for the task at hand. So your to-do list used to take you five hours, starts to take you three. Your sleep, that used to need nine hours. You woke up exhausted, starts to take you six. And so this is why the world's top performers are all meditating. Like they're not doing it because they have copious amounts of extra time. They're doing it because no! they need to perform at the top of their game.
0: And... I think a lot of people listening right now are thinking, well, there's a lot of different ways to work with my stress, right? Like, I can take a jog and get skinnier. Like, the ladies of L.A. probably think that. Like, I was one of them. Yeah. And and there's so many different ways to think about this. So why meditation versus exercise or eating better? Like, there's so many different ways to approach your health. Why is this the way? Well,
1: I think it's a way. I think about wellness as a train. And some Mm -hmm. people get on through the exercise door. Some people get on through the food door. And some people get on through the meditation door. But usually, once you get on the train, you're going to discover the other practices as well. I've just found that if you start with meditation, because you're actually eradicating the baseline level of stress in your nervous system, it's much easier to make other healthy choices. (laughs) Like my saying (laughs) is, if you wake up and start your day with meditation, you're a lot less likely to finish your day doing blow off of a hooker at a strip club. (laughs) Not impossible, (laughs) but
0: less likely. Are you sure? That's really quite an addiction for me, (laughs) like (laughs) blow and hookers and strip clubs. Usually, I'm just talking them off a ledge. I'm like, listen. Listen. Are you here for your expression or are you here because you're not happy about it? So I think a lot of people listening right now, and I probably would have been one of them, are thinking about meditation and they're like, I'm too busy for this. Mm -hmm. So... What do you do if you're looking at your calendar? Because you suggest me- meditating not once, but twice a day, 20 minutes each, which can feel like an eternity for somebody. Yes. For me, I'm starting to get so much out of it and see why I want to carve that time out no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, but for somebody listening, that's intimidating slice of time in the day. Yes. So
1: here's the thing. If you don't have a practice that was designed for you, and if you don't have any training in meditation, I recommend that you meditate for zero minutes a day. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't know what you're doing, then you're just, you are wasting your time Mm -hmm. and nobody has time to waste. It's our most valuable resource. But if you have a technique that is designed for you, and if you have a practice where the return on investment is exponential, which you're already seeing that for 20 minute time investment, you become eight times more productive that day. So if the return on investment is worth it, then this argument, I don't have time to meditate becomes irrelevant very very quickly also if we go back to the idea that stress makes you stupid sick and slow then the more we get rid of it the faster we are but um, again I think that it's it's The the thing is, meditation is a skill, like any other. And it does take some time investment on the front end to learn how to do it. But then once you have the practice, you actually look forward to the time. And then you have this hit of energy and creativity and productivity on the other side. So you actually look forward to it versus it being something that's taking you away from your productivity. Mm. It's something that's fueling your productivity.
0: And you know, I'm seeing it like I kind of feel like a crackhead almost. Because I'm like on my calls today for clients in my private practice. And I was like, hello, tell me about your business. Let's get this jam in. Like, I was like, "Why do I have so much energy? Like, it's Emily's fault. at the meditation." <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also want to ask, like, why does stress make you stupid? Because I personally have felt that, but I don't really get like why? Like what is happening in our bodies when we're stressed and Mm -hmm. how does that tie to illnesses and other things that affect our well-being?
1: Yeah. So if we want to understand why stress affects the human body in the way that it does, we have to cut back in time 10,000 years. Say we're hunting and gathering in the woods and a saber-toothed tiger jumps out with the intent to kill. First thing that will happen is your digestion will flood with acid to shut down digestion because you can't afford to waste any energy digesting food because you need that to flee the predator. That same acid will seep onto your skin so you don't taste very good if that tiger bites you Uh, your blood will start to thicken and coagulate so if you do get bitten into you don't bleed to death Mm. your bladder and bowels evacuate so that you can be light on your feet your immune system goes to the back burner because who cares if you're gonna get cancer if you're about to be killed by a tiger and then finally your adrenaline levels and cortisol levels increase now the tricky thing there is that they are acidic in nature and they create inflammation which is the basis of all disease so this series of chemical reactions is actually very good for you if your demands are predatory attacks, but if your demands are breakups, in laws, traffic, Job interviews, then this fight or flight stress reaction has become maladaptive and it's now disallowing us from performing at the top of our game. So it's basically like having too many tabs open on your brain machine. Mm -hmm. And what meditation does is it goes in and closes down those tabs so that you can more effectively do the task at hand.
0: Yeah, because it makes me think about my MacBook, like that little rainbow spinny thing, just like too many tabs open. Yep. That's been me. And I think burnout is such a real. Thing And people who are burnt out, like I've been so burnt out, I can't create, I can't do. I, it, it's like the lowest form of motivation I've ever experienced. So I'm curious, like for people listening right now that maybe are going through some sort of burnout, um, what are some steps that they can take to get themselves started in meditation? I know that you have your course um, and getting a mantra is a really big deal, um, but what are some steps that they can kind of wrap their head around when it mm-hmm. comes to getting started?
1: Okay, so I'd say if you're in crisis mode right now, or you're like, I am on the verge of a panic attack or anxiety attack, or I'm just living my life in constant fight or flight, then a really quick, tangible thing that you can do is is something I call the 2X breath. Mm -hmm. Super simple, but very powerful, very effective at... um, quelling an anxiety attack if you feel it coming on and all you do is you inhale through your nose for two and you exhale out of your mouth for four mm-hmm. and it's called the 2x breath because you're elongating the exhale for double the amount of the inhale and what that does is that it calms down the vagus nerve which is the thing that connects the brain and the body and if you're about to have an anxiety attack you cannot afford to like go look for your phone and get on Wi-Fi and play the thing. You don't have time for like complicated, like Kundalini moves. You just need something (laughs) simple, you know? So this is, we can just do it now. We'll just in through the nose for two and out through the mouth for four. You guys can do it with us. Again, in through the nose for two, out through the mouth for four.
0: I think I needed that. Yeah,
1: again, one more time, inhale. And big, delicious exhale, letting your whole body soften. So, that's like the quickest, easiest just reset for like a momentary, you know, recharge. But then if you want to actually develop a skill of meditation, I do encourage people to find a teacher that they trust and respect. As you said, my book is coming out in February. It's called Stress Less, Accomplish More. That's probably the cheapest way to get started. I also have an online course called Ziva Online. That's about 15 minutes a day for 15 days. And it actually trains you to have a practice that you can take with you for life. Mm -hmm. So once you graduate, you don't need me anymore. It's not like an app. You don't don't want
0: groupies. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be
1: your groupie. Okay. (laughs) I mean, look, it depends on how well dressed they are if they dress like cats and
0: like you wearing a onesie ninja suit with a cat ear why not okay perfect yeah well okay so the 2x breath that we just did it was inhale one two exhale one two and you did that three times exhale
1: for four so in for two out for four
0: okay in for two out for four so one two
1: out one, one two, two three, three four.
0: four beautiful one. and how many times do you repeat that i mean let's call it five. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, depending on how, how dire the situation <laughs>
0: is. <laughs> depending on exactly how much you're losing your shit. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> you know, I think one of my favorite things you've done in your meditations with me is about come to your senses. So can you kind of explain, cause I think this might be useful for someone, even if they're not meditating, yeah. just a mindfulness technique Yeah. to connect to themselves. So what, what are some steps somebody can do to increase their mindfulness. Maybe they're doing the breathing technique, they have a stressful meeting, mm-hmm. to implement this, what you're doing.
1: Yeah, so before I jump into that, I just want to quickly clarify the difference between mindfulness and meditation. Yes, Because a lot please. of people don't know. A lot of, we're, most people are using those terms as synonyms. Yeah. But they're not actually the same thing. So mindfulness is basically kind of what we just did with the breath, or this come to your senses, which I'm about to teach. It's any time you're bringing your awareness into the present moment. Super powerful, super useful. Um, It is very good at dealing with your stress in the now, which is different than meditation, which is all about letting go, it's all about surrender, and it's all about giving your body very deep healing rest, which gets rid of your stress from the past. So meditation, as I define it, is quite different from what most people call it. Like you're not focusing, you're not clearing your mind. So those of you who have felt frustrated because you couldn't clear your mind in the past, don't worry, you're not a meditation failure. The mind actually thinks involuntarily. But in the meditation that I teach, is all about surrender. It's all about a simultaneity of consciousness. and give it, It's almost like a nap sitting up, mm-hmm. whereas mindfulness is a bit more active. You're directing your focus. So most of the apps, like I was saying in the YouTube videos, where someone's guiding you through, this is going in the category of mindfulness. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: so on the Insight Timer app, mm-hmm. I've listened to some guided meditations, and I've okay. always gone towards those, but I've got to admit now that I've learn from you, I'm noticing that those really calmed me down. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was like a sense of mindfulness, like being here and being inspired by whatever the guided meditation was saying. Yeah, But I wasn't more productive. I wasn't um, feeling more energy, necessarily. Yes. In fact, a lot of those put me to bed. Mm-hmm. And one of the things you had warned us about was not meditating in the way that you're teaching right before bed because it gives you more energy. Mm-hmm. And like, of course, I trust you. So I was like, okay, cool. But there's also that part of my old self that was like, really, this is so powerful that I'm not gonna be able to sleep sitting in silence for 20 minutes is gonna make me so creative and energized, but it's true. So I'm curious to kind of learn like, what happens to your body in your life when you start meditating? Because you'd also talked about how you're more likely to get pregnant, um, that you're, you know, it's more difficult for you to go to sleep right after because you're so creative. Mm-hmm. So, what are some other things that happen inside of your body and outside in your life mm-hmm. because you're meditating?
1: So within 30 to 45 seconds of starting the meditation portion of the Ziva technique, which PS, what we teach at Ziva is mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting. Mm-hmm. So it's all three. Um, but in the meditation specifically, um, like you said, we are using a mantra and it goes in and de-excites the nervous system. So that means that your metabolic rate decreases. Don't worry, that does mind not mean you're going to gain weight. That's the rate with which your body consumes oxygen. Mm-hmm. Uh, your heart rate slows and your body temperature cools. So all of that is giving your body this deep healing rest so that it can start to let go of those stresses which happens PS in the form of thought that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why thoughts are not the enemy of meditation and then when you come out of that on the other side you are much more rested you're much more awake right mm-hmm. you've um, like cleared the cash on your brain and over time, if we go back to that fight-or-flight thing, your body becomes less acidic over time. And so the less adrenaline and cortisol you have, the more dopamine and serotonin you have, which, P.S., dopamine and serotonin are bliss chemicals and they are alkaline in nature. So they will reverse your body age. Some studies are saying, they were saying eight years. Now some new studies are saying 15 years. The meditation can reverse your body age by 15 years. That's so crazy. <laughs> nuts. Um, but actually the woman who won the... Um, I think she won the Pulitzer, but I might be wrong about that That's award, okay. she won a big You're award. You're allowed
0: to be wrong on the U-Turn podcast. Okay, great.
1: <laughs> but I do know she wrote um, the, the book, The Telomere Effect. It was two women. One uh-huh. of them is named Alice, and they won a really big award. I want to say it was the Pulitzer, but it was basically for their study around telomeres, which is the thing that impacts your body age. Telomeres are like the little casing at the end of your DNA, and if your telomeres start to unravel, um, then your DNA starts to unravel. It's like this plastic casing at the end of a shoelace. If that thing comes undone, then the shoelace comes unraveled. Ah. Well, same thing with telomeres in your DNA. So when you're stressed, your telomeres shorten. When you meditate, get rid of stress, the telomeres lengthen, which protects your DNA, which can impact your body age and your death date.
0: Yeah, I honestly, if you guys are listening and you have thought about meditation, but you haven't dove in, can I just tell you like, holy shit, I, i really... I've never actually done anything like this. And now that I'm learning, it's like, wow, what an incredible experience. I haven't had this much energy. So who you're talking to right now, Emily, which like as my friend, I didn't even complain to you about this. But I found out about all those allergies. I think I mentioned that maybe to you when I saw you the other night. Did I not mention that? Mm -mm. I found out I'm allergic to dairy, eggs, eggs. And then if that isn't cornering enough because I love cake, Ugh. so I was gonna have vegan cakes, but then I'm also allergic to almond and soy. So it's like very cornering. Like I oh no. can't even have the vegan. So you can only eat broccoli. Like is only what eat you're bro- saying. It's very sad. It's very sad. Um, but I've never really cared when I don't feel well from eating shitty food until recently. It's been so bad that I have extraordinary brain fog. It feels like the the planet Saturn, like the ring around it, is like around my head all the time. Mm, I'm so sorry. Yeah, thank you. It's like I've, I've never experienced anything like it. And the other day, my mom was like, hey, what did you do yesterday? And I remembered none of yesterday. And for the entire half-hour phone call, I couldn't remember yesterday. And so it's like my short-term memory has been going. And so... I was really excited to start meditating, to start cutting my diet with the foods that make me sick. And I'm one of those people that is, like, jumping on the wellness bandwagon after being friends with you, but also, like, Sarah Stewart. You know, like, all of you guys are in the wellness world. And I've never really seen it because I think a part of my judgment on it was, like, oh, you guys are so uptight. You're always, like, taking supplements and, like, sucking up your time doing all of these things so that you're here longer and I had a belief that like you're losing time in life by doing all of these things to be here longer. And so it was almost like, I'm just gonna eat like whatever I want, have like that Big Mac and like my cupcakes and my snacks and dents you know? And then recently it's been like, oh shit, I'm 31 years old, I can't do this. And in the past, I would say two, three weeks, I've taken a U-turn and I'm like, hey, using my own thing here. Um, and I have cut my diet of all the foods, started meditating with you even more so, um, and, and I've started waking up early, going to bed early. Nice. Yeah. I mean, tonight's Halloween, so I won't be doing that. Get it, girl. Yeah. I'm getting it. Going to DJ Snake, yo. Oh. But, you know, I am in this place where I really care about it, and so I think... I hear what you're saying that like meditation can be a gateway and there's so many different gateways into wellness. So let's say somebody now wants to get started with meditation, like, where can they go to experience you and get like a flavor of this so that they can start diving in in their lives? Yeah. Thank you for asking. So
1: I'd say the easiest place to go is (laughs) stresslessthebook.com because there you, if you pre-order the book, which I know delayed gratification is tricky. We love our instant gratification. But if you pre-order the book, then you can immediately download a bunch of really amazing stuff. So I took my favorite exercises from the end of a few of the chapters and I actually recorded them. So there's a manifesting exercise in there. I, I walk you through the two breath in there and um, which is what we just did but a more elaborate version of it and I want to say there's one for better sex and then you also get days one through three of my online course so Amazing. I have this beautiful online course called Ziva Online which I'm really proud of mm-hmm. so people can actually learn the first three days which is the mindfulness and then if they want to go on and get a mantra and learn meditation then they can mm-hmm. um, and then they'll, you'll be the first person to get the book when it comes out on February 19th so mm-hmm. I would just go to stresslessthebook.com and then if you pre-order you just Download like all the bonuses right away, and you can get started.
0: Hey, U-Turners. So sorry for the quick interruption, but I want to make sure you know that this episode has been brought to you by the Career Clarity Lab the online course to help you find your career purpose in the workforce and upgrade your confidence. So if you're ready to unlock the best career path for you, and you'd like to try a free version of our Clarity course, just head on over to u slash Clarity. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com slash Clarity. Now let's get back to this week's episode. What other than meditation is like a sacred ritual or wellness habit that you have that everybody listening could be like, okay, meditation feels like a deep dive. Mm -hmm. They're going to go to stresslessthebook.com, get your book, get the course. But maybe they're like I used to be where Mm -hmm. I was like teetering on it and I wasn't suffering enough or in enough pain yet to be like, wow, I'm going to make a change here because this really isn't working for me. So what other habits do you have that you really recommend?
1: I mean, the simplest, easiest, cheapest one is hot water. Like yeah. drinking a cup of hot water before your meals or if you go to a restaurant and you're really hungry have a cup of hot water before you even order because what happens there is it becomes a natural analgesic so it brings the heat into your belly and so it brings blood to your belly instead of out of your brains so for like I'm overthinking it or, I'm stressing about what I'm going to eat or I don't know it's just you, you drink that hot water it warms you it grounds you it cuts the acid in your stomach so you don't have that fight or flight hunger thing mm. so you're not eating out of like fear or panic or stress and then it also allows you to make more intuitive food choices and uh, your body actually absorbs that water more effectively. Mm. And it's also like, you know, you wash dishes with hot water because it cuts the grease. And so it's, it just it cleans out your insides.
0: Oh, that's interesting. so cheap and easy. And what is your thought on CBD? Because mm. I feel like meditation, it's all about like releasing. And I feel like I, I don't know enough about CBD. Um, Are you talking about like cannabis oil? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Because I feel like it's something that affects your presence. hmm I'm guessing. Um, So I'm so curious. Like, do you have any two cents on that? Or like, do you use it? Are you interested in it? Is it something you wouldn't recommend for a meditator?
1: I mean, I certainly wouldn't do it while you're meditating. Like, you don't want to alter your
0: state of consciousness. Let's get lit. (laughs) Let's close our eyes and douse ourselves (laughs) in that CBD. (laughs) You know, like, you don't
1: want to alter your state of consciousness from an already altered state. But I think if you're dealing with pain, you know, and you wanted to use it topically or, you know, I think there's probably a lot of really great uses for it. I'm certainly not an expert in it. Yeah. But, um... I mean, I think I think it's all tools, you yeah. know. And so, if if the tool is relevant, and you're da- down with the cons, because like, don't be fooled that any drug doesn't have a downside, right? You know, like everything, there's a cost to everything. Well, that's Even what Even meditation, I was the meditation cost is your time, and that's expensive. But what I've found is that the return on investment is worth it. Where I think we get into trouble is we think, oh, well, I'll just take all these pills and pretend like there's not a downside to it. Or I'll just caffeinate all day and drink all night and pretend like that's not affecting me. Mm -hmm. Because it is. It's like, if you want to go drink, have fun, but but honor the cost.
0: And is there anything... So you do have an opinion on it. You know what I mean? Like, you don't seem like you're like, CBD is an incredible healer. Like, yes, put it on your body. But I have a lot of friends who are using the oils that they put in their mouth Mm -hmm. and... And this is, I don't know, because I think I had a sister who did drugs. I've always been like really sensitive about them because it's kind of like PTSD. Like Mm -hmm. nothing will make you not do drugs quite like pulling somebody in and out of a rehab. And so I know CBD and even marijuana that socially people relate to it in a way that feels like the more friendly um, substance that you can use to heal and that there are scientific, you know, there's research behind the healing of it. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess I just think with the presence that you can form through meditation, Mm. I'm so curious if like you would see CBD as removing you from that in any way or if you just maybe don't have an opinion on it. Well, I think
1: what we want to move towards as a species is self-sufficiency. I yeah. I think what we want to do is start to wake up our own internal pharmacy. We want to have our own internal coffee, our own internal sleeping pills, our own internal CBD and mushrooms and acid. I, I did acid one time and the thing that came through the whole time was Vipassana, Vipassana, Vipassana. And and for those who haven't heard that word before, Vipassana is like a 10-day silent meditation retreat. And so like that <laughs> So it was, was like
0: getting you back to your main area <laughs> <Exactly>. anyway. <laughs> but if- All all roads lead to meditation. <laughs> exactly, with you. I'm like
1: a one note, one trick pony. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was—I knew that when I—it was super fun. I like doing acid, but it was what I realized when I was on it was I know I can get here through sobriety. Like yeah. I know I can get to the state of consciousness without drugs. Yeah, and so I went and did my first Vipassana retreat, and it is—it's like this very expansive thing, mm. and and you can do it with your own body. And the thing about drugs is that. The brain must make some sort of an organic compound that is similar to the drug, otherwise the synthetic version wouldn't have any effect on us. And so anything that we're taking, coffee, sugar, cigarettes, pot, acid, it's all a facsimile of something that we already produce internally. Mm -hmm. And what I've found is that the more you become self-sufficient for this whole, you know, chemistry set, the more fun it is, and then the more you become a connoisseur of sobriety.
0: Connoisseur of sobriety, people. (laughs) That is really amazing, Emily. (laughs) Do you know, I remember in my master's in spiritual psychology, somebody asked, like, why are you opposed to drugs or drinking as, because I know that, you know, especially you and I were in a crowd of spiritual entrepreneurs and a lot of them want to experience heightened creativity we kind of get into the biohacking of like more health and more youth and more creativity and more productivity and more creation and as a result um, a lot of entrepreneurs I think in our circle especially when I went to Burning Man turned to drugs like shrooms which are, are seen as an intellectual drug right like when I think of somebody trying shrooms I think of like the intellectual who wants to get more creative and I don't necessarily see them doing like crack like I don't yeah. know why something about the word crack like it just needs it, a rebrand I you know, know. It's really explosive yeah like of all the drugs like shrooms sound kind of fun and shroomy mm. but crack just sounds like shit you know like <laughs> you, you gotta work it out um and so I'm curious like what. Uh, other tools than meditation, maybe it's foods, you have your hot water, mm-hmm. um, exercise. Like what do you do to come to your senses? And can you share what the come to your senses exercise looks like? Yeah, So totally. no, I grabbed that from you earlier and we mm-hmm. went on a tangent. Who knew we would do that? <laughs> yeah, she Yeah. Um,
1: so yeah, I, I like yoga. I definitely do yoga. I'll do about 10, 15 minutes of yoga. In the morning, usually before I meditate, and I actually do like like a mushroom tea, like at the um, you know the four sigmatic, like mm-hmm. reishi or mm-hmm. um, what is it, the cordyceps, the lion's mane. I I take that, and I actually feel smarter. Mm-hmm. And I to be if I'm being honest, like I I like mushrooms recreationally. Like I'll probably do them like once or twice a year, and mm-hmm. I think it's really fun. Mm-hmm. And to me, the pros do outweigh the cons. Like I don't feel a big downside from it. That's interesting. And it feels fun for me. Mm-hmm. With without much of a cost. Great. Um, But, you know, that could change. I don't feel any, like, dependence on it or need for it. It feels enhancing to me.
0: Well, I I feel like everybody's body mixes with these things differently. So I think part of the issue is for some people it might be really great. And then I have a friend who took too many shrooms and she was dancing off of a cliffside and almost fell. Wow. You know, so it's like, I guess it just depends on how your body holds it and how you respond to it.
1: Yeah, and where you are that day. Like, I was at a dinner last night and um, someone was trying to introduce me to this person and, and she was i think simultaneously tired and drunk and on pills we had to send her home and oh my God. it just made me really sad but i, I often don't roll in those circles like yeah. i just don't roll with people that you don't like
0: roll just, with people on painkillers just, just, just like trying to have a few drinks yeah.
1: <laughs> and so it's just like fascinating to see someone in such a muted state of consciousness because yeah. i'm normally around people that are trying to become so awake and so clear and was yeah. a good in, um you know experiment or I don't know what it was. It was just a wake-up call that like, you know what, there's a lot of people on this planet that are in pain and they're trying to mask it. Mm -hmm. And I would love for people to find sustainable ways to handle their pain. Mm -hmm. So speaking of, let's do this come to your senses exercise because I went to a neuroscience conference recently and they revealed this study that said that mindfulness meditation is double, double the effectiveness of morphine with dealing with pain so morphine can drop your pain receptivity by 22 percent mindfulness can drop it by 44 percent and if you don't and you can fact check me on that that's in time magazine so like a three weeks after the conference they published it and dumbed it down in time magazine because i was at the conference i was dumbed like it down yeah to
0: the time readers well
1: because well, i was like when i was at the conference i was like am i just too dumb to understand what they're saying because i'm not a neuroscientist
0: Something tells me it's 44 <laughs> percent impact
1: yeah but it was just like i i was like there's no way i didn't it seemed too good to be true, so I was assuming that I was not smart enough to understand these findings because I was not a neuroscientist in a conference full of neuroscientists. Yeah. But then when I'm saying dumbed it down, it's they, they just made it like palatable to the lay reader who's not a neuroscientist. It's not mm-hmm. actually a dumb article. Um. But anyway, point of the story is that when you practice mindfulness, you're closing the feedback loop between your brain and body, so you allow. And your brain, the opportunity to hear what your body is trying to communicate. And mm. if you listen, then the body doesn't have to start screaming at you. Mm. Versus if you try to dampen it and just ignore it, then the body starts screaming. And if you don't listen, it starts wrecking the house. So anyway, really quick, come to your senses, is you just sit down. And if you want to do this along with us, you just close your eyes, ideally with your back supported and your head free. And you take a moment to hear all the sounds that you can detect right now. So my voice, the music playing in the background outside on our L.A. streets. Mm -hmm. And we're not judging the sounds as good or bad. And we feel what we're feeling. So feeling your bum in the chair, the warmth of the coolness on your skin. And we see what we're seeing. The prevalence of the blackness. Any colors in your mind's eye. We taste what we're tasting, and we smell what we're smelling. So just taking a moment to get so present, so in your body, hear what you're hearing, feel what you're feeling, see what you're seeing, taste what you're tasting, and smell what you're smelling. So practicing a simultaneity of consciousness, practicing holding all five of your senses and your awareness at the same time, using our five senses as a tool to bring ourselves into the right brain and into the right now. And then taking a big, delicious inhale, and then exhaling, letting go. Really good, one more inhale, and then exhaling, letting your body soften and surrender. And knowing that your five senses, by waking them up, we start to access our sixth sense of intuition. Mm. And then giving yourself a big internal high five for doing that exercise, for listening to this podcast about something that you might be afraid of, like the scary word meditation. (laughs) (laughs) And, And whenever you're ready, we can start to slowly open the eyes.
0: Oh my gosh. I need that so much and can, I don't know if everybody's going to hear this but there's like a person throwing a concert outside my door smooth jams like right? what is some jams what is going on do you know what's so funny with like music in public I've been starting to wonder I'm like what's the boundary because you know on airplanes how people will watch YouTube like you have you know a new you know a new baby mm-hmm. so it's like you put things on your cell phone video I'm like what's the boundary because sometimes I just want to bring a Bluetooth speaker and put like little John on you know and be like fuck if you guys are doing this like I'm putting on my music well I feel like I
1: always just want to look up to people with the speakers and be like, have you heard of headphones? Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, hey, do you want to borrow mine? Like, yeah. I'll Purell them for you. Because <laughs> so like, like, I just bought a Purell necklace and I spray Purell no. everywhere. I go, it's amazing. Oh, I'm going to need an you update know, this on This is that. like an OCD thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So what I want to ask you about, we talked about mindfulness, is um, what are some small steps people can take, whether they meditate or not, to start being more mindful in their life right now?
1: Mm-hmm. So... Mindfulness is the art of bringing your awareness into the present moment. Mm -hmm. So when you start to feel yourself reviewing the past or rehearsing the future, which is what most of us do all day every day, stop, take a breath, feel your feet on the ground. And really, I would say practice this 2x breath. Just in for two, out for four, feeling your feet on the ground. And you could even just say, I'm back. Like in your head, be like, I'm back. I went away for a minute, but I'm back. Mm-hmm. You're reading a book, you start you know, traveling away, I'm back. You're having a conversation with someone and you forgot what they said mm-hmm. for the last four minutes, I'm back. The art of bringing your awareness into the present moment. Tasting your food, looking at what's going on around you. So that come to your senses thing that we just did, we did it with our eyes closed. You can actually do that with your eyes open as well. Looking for what's the most beautiful thing I can see. What's the most beautiful thing I can hear? How am I feeling? And not judging those things as good or bad, but just noticing and accepting what's happening. Because that word acceptance makes people feel like they're giving up or surrendering, but it's actually, if you want to change something, the first thing you have to do is accept it as it is.
0: So good. Okay, I could talk to you forever, but I'm just going to go meditate yeah, girl. <laughs> and find my own answers, woman. <laughs>
1: That's right. What you created is you. created a monster.
0: The apprentice became the master.
1: <laughs> I look forward to learning yeah. from you, Sensei.
0: Yeah. Jesus, take the wheel. That oh, feels <laughs> <It's> really scary. <laughs> um, what parting words do you have for everybody listening? Mm-hmm. Because I think all of us want to improve our performance achieve more and feel better. And I've been getting that from meditation. So what do you have to share for everybody?
1: just that we meditate to get good at life, not to get good at meditation. So if you think I'm not a meditation type or I'm too busy or I've tried and I can't clear my mind, like just know that those are all just excuses and it's time to throw them out the window because you deserve the most amazing version of you. You deserve to perform at the top of your mental and physical game. And there are tools out there that can help you do that really, really quickly. Mm. So if if these are available to you, why would you not use them?
0: Okay. So remind us all where we can find you.
1: Yeah. So the The easiest place is stresslessthebook.com. You can pre-order the book and you get these amazing cachet of bonuses. And then I'm also all over social media and um, just at Ziva Meditation. So Z-I-V is in Victor A, which is a Sanskrit word that means bliss. Mm. Ziva Meditation.
0: Amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Take care, everybody. And make sure to stay tuned for the post-conversation conversation with me. Hey there, it's Ash, just reflecting on this week's episode with Emily Fletcher, and I'm so grateful for this woman, not just because she's an amazing friend, but because she is really the person who taught me how to really meditate, and for the longest time, I just thought meditation is something that people do to convince themselves that they're Hearing their thoughts uh, and being still and taking care of themselves and it doesn't really work. It wasn't until she showed me it that I started to understand. And I noticed during the episode me wanting to ask her to teach you how to meditate and her resistance to that. And the reason she's resistant to that is because she believes one of the key ingredients to meditation is your mantra. She gave me a mantra to use, and for the longest time, I thought a mantra meant a word in a different language that you say to yourself quietly, or even you say out loud, or maybe you even write it on Post-it notes. But what she taught me is that a mantra is a word or a sound, and it doesn't have to have any meaning. So my mantra that she assigned me doesn't have any meaning at all. Um, It doesn't mean anything in any sort of translation, but it's a sound that I say to myself when I'm steeping in my meditation, and there's something about the way that that sound vibrates, that it actually elicits thought. And so what she told me was that to give somebody a mantra without them understanding how to meditate is like giving somebody the keys to a really dangerous car they don't know how to drive, because, When you have a mantra, it elicits thoughts. And the thing about meditation is that it can bring up so many different things that we've been avoiding because we're sitting in silence and allowing our feelings to translate and come through. And for that reason, it's so important that we really take the time to learn how to meditate. And that's what I learned with Emily, but I wanted to give you the key steps to meditation. And I wanted to also talk to you about some rituals that I've been implementing into my life from Ayurveda, which have been really life-changing. And those of you who don't know what Ayurveda means, it's Eastern medicine, Eastern wellness methods. Uh, A great person that I'm going to have on the podcast is Sahara Rose. And she talks a lot about Ayurveda So we're going to talk about some rituals that I've been doing to help myself feel a lot better every day. Um, But I want to give you the structure of how I've been meditating and what I learned from Emily so that if you want to dive in, you have a better understanding of it. So Emily is a big proponent of meditating two times, 20 minutes a day each. So 20 minutes early in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon. She She had recommended not meditating right before bed because it, Gives you more energy and it awakens a lot of creativity. So if you meditate before bed You're usually keeping yourself awake. So I try to meditate around 4 p.m. And maybe 6 a.m So I wake up that's the first thing I do before I open my phone is I just meditate for 20 minutes I don't I don't meditate anywhere that my head can lay back I meditate where my head is free free moving um, and I'm sitting with something to support my back Um, So it's twice 20 minutes a day. And basically what I do is I repeat my mantra, but it's not forced. It's almost like you let your mantra come and visit you. So in my case, um, I have my own mantra. And like Emily says, if I give it to you here, it's like me giving you keys to a car you don't know how to drive. But let's say your mantra is the word mantra. It's just a sound. What you want to do for that 20 minutes is you relax into your meditation. You close your eyes and you slowly say your word mantra to yourself. And then maybe you let your thoughts come in and you let them, you know, come on by. You see what your thoughts are. And then as you remember or as it comes to you, you say your mantra again, mantra. So the thing about it is you're not supposed to repeat the mantra multiple times where you tire yourself out. You're just supposed to allow it to come visit you as it does throughout the meditation with the intention of the mantra continuing to visit you throughout the meditation. A couple of things you don't want to give into if you're meditating is it's okay for you to think. Um, One thing I learned from Emily is there's no such thing as a bad meditation. So if your thoughts are flying throughout the meditation, I don't believe that you meditate Um, to get rid of your thoughts I think you meditate to hold a space for them to come in and release so if you have a lot of thoughts coming in that's okay but one thing she discourages against is from giving into the contemplation so let's say you start to think about you know should I do this or should I do that tomorrow if you notice yourself going there that's okay but then allow your mantra to come back and allow yourself to let go of that contemplation and allow other thoughts to come through. You don't want to give in and put your meditation aside so that you can go deeper into contemplation. But you can allow all of your thoughts to float in. You can allow yourself to indulge them. And then you just release them and let your mantra come back. The way I see my mantra when I'm meditating is like, it's like, um, a word in a cave. It's almost like I'm meditating in a cave and my mantra is kind of whispering somewhere in the back. Sometimes it's loud, sometimes it's quiet, but I'm not forcing it. Maybe I'll give away into thought for a few minutes and my mantra will come back to me. It's like a bubbling that comes to the surface. So when you meditate and you have a mantra, and by the way, you can practice this two times, 20 minutes a day with a word like peace or a word like love that can be your word so you can pick a word and really steepen it two times 20 minutes a day and You know What I have found doing this, and by the way, you might wonder, you don't want to wake yourself up from a meditation with an alarm because that's overstimulating for your brain. So I just keep my phone next to me. I check the time if I feel myself wondering what time it is. Usually, I just have a a pattern for something about my body's rhythm where I wake myself up around seven minutes in, and then I go the second 13 minutes. Um, And so if you're curious about the time, don't be hesitant to just peek your eye open, take a look, and continue meditating. And here's the most important part I learned is the last two minutes. So after 20 minutes go by, you want to do two minutes where you're not in your mantra anymore. You're just giving gratitude. So it's two minutes after the 20 minutes, no longer doing the mantra, presencing yourself more into the room, keeping your eyes closed, going into gratitude or visualizing some sort of result you want. The reason you go into this two minutes is because it's overstimulating for your brain to go straight from meditation into your day. So this two minutes that you have is a hard stop at the end of your meditation. Each one, each 20-minute meditation you do twice in a day is just there to transition you back into the world, and it's a great time for gratitude or manifestation. So I've been really loving these two minutes. Sometimes I'm grateful, and I want to you know, give thanks for my parents, my career, my friends, U-Turn podcast, whatever have you. Anyway, that is kind of an intro to meditation. So hopefully that kind of gives you an idea. What I've personally found is I had a lot of brain fog where it was really hard for me to be productive and to think clearly. And ever since I started doing this meditation, and it has to be two times 20 minutes each, um, I have found that my brain fog has severely reduced. Like it's shocking to me. Like I can't believe how much more focus I have. I didn't think that this was real, but it's really been affecting me. I've gotten a lot better of sleep lately, but there's something else that I've been doing that I wanted to share with you to help your wellness, if it inspires you, and it's so ironic I'm giving you this advice because I never saw myself as a wellness person, but I've been so inspired lately, and it's to have rituals. So what I've learned in Ayurveda in um, is that people recommend... Ayurvedic experts recommend going to bed at 10 p.m. and waking up at 6 a.m. Because that is in alignment with the circadian rhythms. And what I've found going to bed at 10 p.m. and waking up at 6 a.m. Is I have so much more energy. So I usually start to think about going to bed around 9.30 p.m., uh, make my way to bed And I am so much happier to wake up at 6 a.m. I've never been an early morning person, but the combination of going to bed early, waking up early and becoming a meditator has been such a game changer for me. And if you're called to do it, I can't recommend it enough. And if you don't have somebody that can teach you or give you a mantra, if you just set up those two times 20 minutes a day and you pick a word like love or peace or whatever inspires you and just kind of do what I've talked about here. It can get you started in that way if you wanna invest in properly learning. You can join Emily's Ziva meditation course or you can read about it, but I've just found it to be so powerful for me. And um, on top of that is these rituals. So going to bed at 10, waking up at six. Um, another thing that I've been doing is drinking hot water with lemon when I wake up in the morning. Um, Apparently that just gets your digestive system moving and um, really, really wonderful. And it's starting to get me off of coffee because I've meditated. I I can't tell you how much focus I have after I meditate. Like it just blows my mind. Now I see it as something I can't afford to not do because I know that if I do it, it's going to completely increase my productivity all day long. Um, So between waking up uh, early, going to bed early, drinking hot water with lemon first thing when I wake up, doing my meditation before I look at my phone, check my emails, anything, I have been in such a better place. I've also been putting sesame oil on in the morning because according to Ayurveda, it's really good for your body. To, to And so I do a cup of warm water and I put a few, like a tablespoon of sesame oil. And then I'll just like rub that on. And I'll take a jog for 45 minutes. And then I'll get in the shower and wash off the oil and, you know, just wash off the morning um, after I've meditated. And that's kind of my morning. So it usually starts around 8 a.m. I'm kind of like out of the shower getting to work all of the things and then I meditate again around 4. And I know, you know, sometimes you're out and about or you're in your office. I've gotten comfortable just meditating in my seat um in front of people in public. I don't even care anymore. Um and it helps if I have somebody that meditates with me. So these are all different things that have totally been game changers for me, and I'm so excited to be sharing them with you, and I hope that they change your life as much as they've changed mine. The only other thing I've done is I got an MRT food test to see um, in my blood if there were any foods that were giving me inflammation. So if your nose feels stuffy all the time, you feel a little headachy, you might have some inflammation to foods. So I've also just did an MRT test where I gave blood, learned what foods give me inflammation, and I've been avoiding those foods. So the The combination of meditating, sleeping with better rhythms. I've also set a time limit on my iPhone for no more than an hour of social media a day. So any of these suggestions alone are game changers, but they've been changing my life and I'm so excited to be sharing all this with you. And I wish you all the goodness. Hit me up on the gram as per usual at Ashley Stahl, A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L. And let me know how this is going for you. I'm really excited to hear about it.